Well, I've got to be nice tonight. My mother-in-law's here. <laughs> and that fly is starting to bother me already up here. <laughs> I thought about digging out a few of the old uh, mother-in-law jokes <laughs> and telling those tonight. But I guess since it's close to Thanksgiving, I'll just thank my mother-in-law for raising a good daughter for me to have as a wife. Amen? I'm trying to make points right now, okay? <laughs> Although, <clears throat> man was driving down a country road, and he's seen a, this farm, he's seen a, a whole crowd of Men stand out at this, at this farm, at the, at the barn. And the man stopped and he asked the guy, he said, Gil, he said, what's going on? He said, well, all these men showed up. They, they heard that my donkey kicked my mother-in-law in the head and killed her. He said, oh. He said, you know what's nice that you got so many people that loved her so much and would come show the respects? He said, that respect's nothing. They want to buy the donkey. <laughs> I, I won't tell another one. <laughs> Take your Bibles and turn with me, Psalm 92. Psalm 92. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to, Psalm too. We got in. We I, uh, Jerry and uh, and Justin pulled me into a debate back there. They're trying to decide: is it Psalm ninety-two or is it Psalms ninety-two? And uh, your Bible says Psalms, and uh, but it's talking about the book. But if you'll look at it, it says Psalm. And uh, so that's that settles that. I thought I'd settle that for you right now. Okay. <laughs> So how'd you find out? I looked it up in the Hebrew and the Greek, and that's what I found out. Amen. No, really. But uh, say, so does it matter? Absolutely not. Amen. You can say it any way you want to. Psalms or Psalm, either one. Psalm 92, begin reading verse 1, says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning, and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon a psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For the Lord has made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But, the, but thou, Lord, are most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. My horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. 
They shall still bring forth fruit in the old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. To show the, that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. Back in verse 1, which will be our text, and we'll look at the, some other verses here. It says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Like the preaching message I've titled, it's, a good, it's good to give thanks unto the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you this evening. We thank you, Lord, as we move into this week of thanksgiving that we celebrate each year. And Lord, as we look at really why thanks was given in the very beginning, it was thanks given to you for your hand of preservation for how that you provided, for your mercy, for your goodness. And Lord, so should it still be that each one of us who know Christ as our Savior, that we would be able to give thanks. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Help us to understand it. Help us to see the importance of it. Stir our hearts, Lord. I pray that you be with us tonight. Give us wisdom. Hide me behind the cross. Forgive me my sins, Lord, where I fail you. Help me to be used by thee, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. There's a great need for a Christian to give thanks unto the Lord. Especially in these changing days, these are unholy days, these are unthankful days that we live in. You look at the average person, how unthankful they are, and of course we, we spoke about this, the... Uh, I believe it was, I don't know if it was Sunday morning or Sunday night, how that, if you go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks, lists the, it says, in the last days shall be perilous times, and goes on and lists the different things. And one of the signs was that of unthankfulness, being unthankful. And one of the, if you begin to look through everything that's listed there, you can take being unthankful and tie to absolutely almost every sin and everything that's happening in the last days because of unthankfulness. And it really goes back to the fact that we're unthankful for what Jesus Christ did at Calvary for us. And how that we're unthankful for the Word of God and how we're unthankful for God Himself many times. And I'm talking about the Christians, but I'm talking about also the, the lost world not giving thanks. As I look at that and think about the time in which we live, there's a great need. Our children, our grandchildren... Our co-workers, our neighbors, our acquaintances, they need to hear us giving thanks unto the Lord, God of heaven. All around us, people ought to hear you giving thanks to God. Doesn't matter where you're at. You say, well, preacher, man, I'll tell you what, if you work where I did, you, couldn't, you wouldn't want to do that. No, you need to be doing that. Doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter who you're around, we ought to be able to give thanks unto the Lord and we should be doing that is a testimony of what we think about the Lord and His goodness toward us and how that He has preserved us and how that He saved our, our souls. And so it's good for us to give thanks unto the Lord. See, it's good and it's right to always give thanks unto the Lord. Look at verse 1 again. It says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. There's no one like Him. There's no one like the Lord. There's absolutely no one like him. There's no one that can save your soul except for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no one like him. There's, he, he's redeemed us from the enemy's snare in the pits of hell. The psalmist says in Psalms 40, beginning in verse 1, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And notice what he says. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. 
and establish my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. He goes on and says, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. When you begin to think about that we should give thanks unto the Lord, think about how they brought you up out of that horrible pit. Every single person sitting in this room, uh, before you got saved, you was on your way to a devil's hell. You was in a miry pit. You was a, a sinking down, and it was about to overtake you. At some point in your life, it would have overtaken you. You would have died and dropped off into a lake of fire for eternity. But he reached down and he pulled you out of that miry clay. And not only did he pull you out of that miry clay, but he set you upon a solid rock. That is Jesus Christ. He put a new song in your heart. He established your goings. And, and he's been with you ever since. And my soul, how we need to give him thanks and lift him up day by day and, and night by night. And, 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 and thank him for so great a salvation. Oh, that the world might see us giving our thanks unto the Lord and our Savior. And if they do, many will turn to him because they're looking, listen, this world, they're looking for answers. They're looking for someone to show them what they need in their lives. I don't know about what happened in your life, but I remember before I got saved, I went to church. I tried to obey my parents. I tried to obey the authorities over me. I tried to do what was right. But there was, and I went to church, but there was something missing in my life. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And my, my best friend, and, and I would still call him my best friend today, Jeff Parker. We were good friends. We went to school together. We graduated together. And, but there was something, he was, he was, uh, uh, later, he, uh, my pastor, Brother Elmo Parker, uh, his son, and my, my brother's married to his sister, and so there's a, a, a tie there all the way around. But Jeff and I were, were close friends, and I went to church, he went to church. We, we, we did things together, but there was something different about Jeff. There was something different in his life. And I knew it was missing in mine. And what it was was Jesus Christ. I had religion. I went to church. I tried to do what was right. But I was lost. And there was something missing. This world needs to see that. And how can they see that if they don't even hear God's people giving him thanks for a great salvation, for his love, for his mercy, for his continual hand in our lives? Oh, that the world might see that in our lives, and they might receive Christ also. Not only that, but also that it might strengthen the weak Christian. You realize that when you're around some, maybe a Christian who hasn't grown in the Lord, and you begin to praise the Lord, and you begin to thank Him, and you begin to, to lift Him up, it does something for them. You've been there. You've been going through struggles in your life. You've been in situations where maybe you're not walking with the Lord like you ought to, and you get around somebody, and they begin to talk, man, God's been good to me today. Boy, God's good, isn't he? Isn't he good? Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. Praise our Lord. God's good. And after a while, it begins to, to uh, work in their hearts and lives and causes them to say, hey, I need to get back. I, and it helps the weakened Christian. It helps the Christian that's away from the Lord to realize that they need to come back unto the Lord. It helps the new Christian. Can I tell you something? Listen. 
You may have been saved for several years, but your life is still in, important to these young Christians as they come along. They need to see a fire in your heart and life. They need to see a stirring in your soul for the Lord. They need to see that it's real, that it doesn't die out with age. They need to see that there's something about the Christian life that will bring honor and glory to the Lord. They need to see that in your life and in my life continually. I'm not talking about a dead religion. Preacher, you get, you, why do you get excited? Because it's real. Because I'm on my way to heaven. Because I got a savior. I got one to reach down and pull me out of that mire clay and set my feet upon a solid rock. And this world needs to see that. So many times we sit in our churches, our hands folded, and man, we can't even get a holy grunt. Can't even get an amen sometimes. I think we ought to practice. Give me an amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, I'm going to start doing that every time I want an amen out of you. I just... That didn't hurt a bit, did it? You know what? You get a young Christian. I remember growing up, there were several of us young men that was in the church, and we sit on the front row like these guys do. And boy, there was something about the preaching. There was something about some of the other men in the services. You hear them say amen, and before long, we started, amen, amen, amen. Before long, it's amen. And begin to stir our hearts. For the Lord and and to and we begin to want and it made a difference when and it helped us to grow in the Lord and want to, to see God do some great things. It'll help the newborn Christian, it'll help the fallen Christian, it'll lift them up above the attacks of the enemy, even. We need to give thanks on the Lord, it's right. And we give thanks on the Lord because of the song that He's given into our hearts. Look with me there in verse one again. It says, It's a good thing to give. Uh, to, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. But he didn't stop there. He goes on and says, show forth thy loving kindness in the morning. I'll tell you what, I think you ought to wake up of morning with a song on your heart. And thy faithfulness every night, I think there ought to be a song of praise of a night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we've, got some, we've got some guitar players and, and fiddle players and different ones and banjo players in here and, and mandolin players and dobro players. I haven't seen any of them pick up anything with 10 strings on it yet. But he said, hey, listen, he said, on, with 10 strings even. He goes on and talks about the harp. He talks about magnifying the Lord with those instruments. He said, upon the psaltery and upon the harp with a solemn sound. For the Lord has made me glad uh, through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hand. O Lord, how great are thy works and, thou, and thy thoughts are very deep. He put a song in our heart. You realize as a Christian that we have a song, even the angels cannot sing. He says, preach that sound like a song. It is. And I stole it. But there is a song that the angels, that you and I as a Christian have, if you want to look at it, and the reason that song was written is for this reason. There is a song that the angels cannot sing that you and I can sing. Do you understand that the angels in heaven, they can't sing about the blood. They don't know what it is to be saved from, from the pits of hell. They don't understand being blood-bought. 
And my friend, understand this. Hey, listen, yes, they, they know about it, but they've never experienced that. So their song and our song is a completely different song. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, hey, listen, there ought to be a song in your heart for being bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and how that he loves us and, and cares for us. And he, he shed that precious blood at Calvary for us. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You realize that no other religion... No other group of people have a song like we have. No other religion or group has, has a living Savior. That's why we've got a different song than the world has. I mean, you take, a, you take the world song and all it is, it's about, the, about the, the whining and crying and the moaning and the groaning. You lost your dog. You lost your pickup truck. You lost all of it. You say, preacher, what do you do? If you play it backwards, you get your dog back. You get your truck back. You get all that stuff back. Start playing backwards. Amen. The fact is, is that we have a song that's different than the world's song. Amen. We don't have to go get boozed up to sing a song. Amen. We don't have to have somebody put a million dollars in our pockets to give us a song of praise. Do you realize that when you, you stop and think about it, we have a song as a Christian in our hearts that God has given us that is saying in the major key because of joy in the major key. Most of your songs are going to be in the major key of excitement and joy in the Lord. The lost world, it's because we have a living Savior, the lost world, you listen to their songs and they're in a minor key and they sound dreary and they sound despairing and they sound as though they're dying. Uh, if, you, if you've ever heard or maybe on TV or anything, if, you, if you've ever listened to the call to the Muslims to worship the music that they play, it sounds eerie and it sounds despairing. It sounds like death. But man, when you listen to the, what the Christian has, and it's victory in Jesus. Amen. It's praise the Lord. It's, it's, I, I've been washed in the blood. And, and there's an excitement and there's a stirring in that. Hey, listen, their, their singing is saddening, but ours is uplifting. I, I, I wrote down the, this song here. that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And boy, I tell you what, there's a song in your heart knowing that, boy, I'm standing on a solid rock that doesn't sink. I'm not on those sinking sands. I've got a song in my heart because of what Jesus Christ did my heart and life. Well, what a Savior. We ought to thank Him because of the song. The psalmist said in Psalm 69, verse 30, he said, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Boy, give thanks unto Him for a song in your heart. 
I look around the world and you know what they're doing today? They're having to pop pills to keep them going. They're so depressed, they got to take anxiety medicine and everything else. They're so down, they're so discouraged. Well, I'll tell you what, Christian, you get down, reach for that good old hymnal we got. Begin to sing one of them songs. Begin to, to get in the scripture. Get in the Psalms and, and read the Psalms that David sang and, and put a joy in your heart and, and lift him up and magnify him. Give thanks unto the Lord for it's good to give thanks unto him. We can give him thanks because of the song in our hearts. We can give thanks for an anointing from God. Look at verse 10. He said, but my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. And I shall be anointed with fresh oil. You say, preacher, was there really such a thing as a unicorn? That horse with that horn sticking out of his head? Got all that purple and pink mane and that <laughs> yellow tail like Disney has? Well, if there was a unicorn, I don't think it looked like that. If you begin to do a little research, you'll find that the old ox that they had. You say, you don't think it's a unicorn? I didn't say that. But I think what the psalmist is talking about here when he talks about the unicorn in the fresh oil and anointing. The old ox, when they had horns on them and when they would die, they many times just drag them out, that what they was left of them. If they, if they died, they, a lot of times didn't eat them. So other times they ate them. Sometimes the old prophet would be walking along and he'd find that skull with that, those horns still on that skull. And history has it he would cut one of those horns off and he would fix, hollow it out and fix it into a, a horn that he could put oil in. And when he went such as to maybe to anoint the king such as David, they would carry it in that horn and they would pour that oil upon their head out of that horn, upon their head. That anointing was to confirm. That anointing was to set apart. That anointing was a seal of God's desire, of God's plan, of what God said was okay, what God said was right. And we find here the psalmist is speaking and he talks about that anointing with that, that fresh oil there. He says, uh, he, again, he says, but my horn <clears throat> shalt thou exalt like the horn of an unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. When you got saved, the Lord poured fresh oil into you. So what are you talking about? Anywhere you go in the scripture, when you see where it talks about oil, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. And he said that he was talking about that, that oil, and, and that's that oil that's been poured into you. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit came into you and to live and to dwell within you as a born-again Christian. You got that anointing from God from the very beginning of that oil coming in. What, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own, for you've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. 
So it belongs to God. So he sets it apart. He anoints it with the, the Holy Spirit of God for his use and for his power and for, to guide us and to deliver us and to strengthen us to, to follow him. That anointing is the confirmation. It's the seal. It's the down payment of salvation. Ephesians 4.30 says, and, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. We're going to give thanks to God because we've been sealed by the anointing spirit of God, the, the hand of God. He sealed you when he saved you and reserved you unto the day of redemption. Man, I tell you what, you ought to get happy right there right now because, hey, listen, when you realize that you've been sealed unto the day of redemption, that the Holy Spirit dwells within you and you have the, the power of God, the strength of God, the direction of God, the guidance of God living within you Amen. by the Holy Spirit of God. The preacher, I hear the old timers talking about a second blessing. What do you think about that? I think they're probably right on. As the Spirit of God moves and works and you yield unto him and he does a great work in your life. And seeing God do great and mighty things, that anointing. A lot of people, they get, get scared when you start talking about the Holy Spirit. When you start talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God's hand on your life to use you in a powerful way. You get Baptists, they start shaking at their knees and everything and trembling. I'm going to tell you something. It's real. It's in the book. And it's about time that you wake up and realize what you have in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have in the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within you, that anointing of God. To empower you, to strengthen you, to use you for the honor and glory of God. And sometimes I think we sit back dead because we don't realize what we have when we got saved. It's like having a million dollars in the bank and, and you're always going to McDonald's because you don't think you got any money. Of course, almost anymore, you got to have a million dollars in the bank if you go to McDonald's. And the fact is, is that God said, I sealed you. You're going to heaven. And I put someone in you. But we ought to give thanks to God. It's like this. You guys come up here. Come here, Sam. Come here. Hunter, come here. Anthony, come here. See, what are you going to do? I'm having him sing. No, I'm not. <laughs> These young guys here. I can just walk around and say, I don't care what you think. You got a problem? You talk to my friends. They'll whip you. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get old Will over here, Charles. And you know what? I, I'd, I'd get all these guys together and say, listen, if they start trying to come after me, you guys take care of them. You realize that when the Holy Spirit came in to dwell, that God says, you know what? When Satan comes around, just let the Holy Spirit take care of it. Amen. When you got a battle to fight, just step back and let the Holy Spirit take care of it. When there's a work that, that I want you to do, just step back and let the Holy Spirit take care of it. When, when, when you're needing the hand of God to work in your life, 
Just step back. Let the Holy Spirit take care of it. Thank you, fellas. So many times we don't understand what we have by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. And many times we fail to live for the Lord and give thanks like we ought to. You'll never walk alone. You'll never, never be without the hand of God. Because you have the presence of God. That'd be a good series to preach on, the presence of God. In case you haven't been listening, I've been preaching on it about seven or eight weeks. You have that. The psalmist said, I think it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And oh, how we ought to give thanks unto the Lord for that anointing, for that hand of God in our lives. We're sealed in the day of redemption. And fourthly, give thanks for the strength of a palm tree that causes you to stand. Look at verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Now here's a strange thing. Pretty well all of you in here know what a palm tree looks like. It's straight. It looks like it, you could just snap the thing off. It's got those palm leaves up in the top. And just stands there. And you think, man, that's not, you know, that's not a very strong tree. And you look at it. There's no strength in that thing. Boy, you could just snap that big, tall, spindly-looking thing off. I mean, there's, it's not robust or anything, and it don't seem like it's got a very big bottom down there at the roots, at the ground. And it just looks like that thing would just snap off up there. I challenge you. Go back and look at all the pictures and all the videos of the hurricanes You'll find downed trees everywhere. Oaks, maples, you name it. They're broke to pieces. But look at the palm trees. And they're standing straight up. A scientist did a study on them. And he said when the hurricanes and the storms come, he said that palm tree will literally bend over just like it's bowing down. And it'll lay as the winds blow across it. And when the storm is gone, it'll stand right back up. And he said, if you look at the leaves on it, he said, it's like the palms of a hand that's opened up to God. He says, it's almost as though the palm tree says, when the storms come, I'll bow. And when it's over, I'll give praise unto God. He said, God made the palm tree to flourish. Look at, look at those areas that get all the hurricanes. What do you see? Palm trees. Because God made them to bend and to bow. Christian, listen to me. As a Christian, God has made you and I to bend 
and to bow in the storms of life unto Him. And when He takes care of the storm, He'll raise us back up and you can lift up those hands in praise, in worship. And thank the Lord for the strength that He gives you not to keep you from the storm, but to protect you and carry you through the storm. Something as simple as a palm tree to show us, to give us understanding. Learn from the palms. When the storms come, bow before the Lord. Then stand back up and give Him thanks. Give Him thanks. Lastly, he speaks of the cedar to teach us a lesson of why it's good to give thanks. Look at verse 12 again. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. And then he says, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that are be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Verse 15 says, To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in Him. When those cedars of Lebanon grew, and when those cedars grow, their roots reached down. I'll use something here. If that's a rock, when the cedars would, the roots will go down into the ground and they hit the rock, they don't stop. They go on around the rock and they grip the rock. And it anchors them. They were able to stand the test of times because they had gripped the rock. They were able to stand. Understand that we have a rock. His name's Jesus Christ. And the psalmist is speaking about us growing like the cedars and our roots going down to the rock and gripping the rock. And that's Jesus Christ. Gripping and hanging upon the Lord and, and following Him and allowing Him to do great and mighty things in our lives and give us strength and give us courage and give us boldness. Jesus is a rock and if I'll grip the rock, notice what He says about the old age. He said, verse 14, they shall bring forth fruit in old age. Even when you're older. God says, if you'll grip the rock, Jesus Christ, He said, you'll bring forth fruit and you'll flourish in old age. And I think He's pretty biblical there when He talks about that you'll get fat. <clears throat> but I think He's talking about getting fat in the Lord. Amen. A sign of maturity, a sign of growing in the Lord, a sign of flourishing. In the Lord. Folks, let me ask you something. Are you flourishing in the Lord? Grip the rock. 
Jesus Christ. Give Him thanks that we can take a hold of Him. It's good to give thanks unto the Lord. It's good. We have reason to give thanks unto the Lord. Let's bow. Father, we thank You. We love You. Oh, Lord, tonight, just some thoughts from the Psalms. Thoughts, thoughts of giving you thanks that it's right to give you thanks. Lord, maybe we just need to find a place as we did the other night and just give you thanks and magnify you. Lord, we could go on and on and on. There's so much that we can give thanks for unto you. Lord, help us to be like the palm. Lord, that bends in those storms, kneels at the feet of Jesus. And Lord, as you carry us through those storms, help us to stand upright with our palms upward and to magnify you and to worship you and to give you thanks. Help us, Lord, to be like the cedars of Lebanon. Lord, help us to realize and to accept that anointing into our lives. Lord, may we follow after you. And may you be glorified. And may we give you thanks for this, I pray in Jesus' name.